Welcome to the latest edition of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alibaba Group. I'm Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. Today, a really exciting podcast, maybe one of my favorites so far, as we talk with Capital City Go-Go General Manager Amber Nichols and Go-Go Head Coach Mike Williams. For Amber, she provided unprecedented access the last couple of days of us following her around and just the job that entails of building a roster in the G League with collaboration with the Wizards. March is Women's History Month, and we shine a spotlight on Amber as she is breaking multiple glass ceilings one at a time. Just a reminder, make sure you download, subscribe, and leave a comment as we hear now from Capital City Go-Go General Manager Amber Nichols and Head Coach Mike Williams on the Off the Bench Podcast. Wizards fans, we're partnering with Clear to make your game day a great day. With the free Clear app, not only can you use HealthPass to easily show proof of vaccination, but you can also use the app to enter the arena faster through the Clear lanes. Get started today by downloading the free Clear app, tapping the black Sports and Events button on the home screen, and selecting Washington Wizards. Then, head to the Clear lanes located at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. When you arrive, you'll take a quick picture at the Clear pod to confirm that you are you and walk right in. No crowds, no hassle. Download the free Clear app today to get started. So, Amber, I want to start with, I want you to describe to the viewers how many jobs you've had, which ultimately led you to this position as the general manager of the Capital City Go-Go. Yeah, so there was my job in ticket sales in Sacramento. Uh, I came back here to D.C. I was a basketball ops intern. Uh, but then I was also working part-time at Nike uh, while I was interning. Uh, then I went to uh, the league office. Uh, well, I went to the Players Association first where I was interning there, also still working at Nike. And then I got my first full-time permanent job at the league office in basketball ops for the G League. And then came back to D.C. as director of basketball operations to assistant general manager to GM. All so, before 30? All before 30. I turned 30 in May. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. Um, you, you are really breaking the glass ceiling on multiple fronts. Being a black woman and, and as young as you are, how much do you embrace that part? kind of like your walk in life? Yeah, I mean, I embrace it. Um, there's a part of me that just feels like this is my calling. And when you have a calling, it doesn't matter what you do. The the chips are going to fall how they're supposed to fall. Um, but I know that because this is my calling, I can't play with it. So I don't play with the opportunity. Um, I embrace it wholeheartedly. I try to do my best in it every day. I try to inspire uh, and motivate others, my staff, my players, people around me, um, because I know that this is something that I don't take for granted. Um, and to be honest, like, the reason that I'm here is just a blessing. Like, people like me don't make it out from where I am, you know, so I definitely don't take it for granted. Describe where you come from. So I come from a small neighborhood on the north side of Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, low middle class, I would say, uh, but very tight knit neighborhood. I'm my only child. Uh, so a lot of my neighbors and kids in the neighborhood were like siblings to me. Um, 
and my neighborhood has just been tough. It's one of the older neighborhoods in Raleigh, um, and it's just always been tight-knit and sort of this sense of community. Everybody helps everybody. Um, but it, it was hard growing up. You know, my mom sacrificed a lot. Uh, you know, my dad struggled with alcoholism when I was coming up, so, you know, I was tough to deal with as a child. Um, and so I just kind of put all of my energy into basketball, and that kind of got me my way out. Uh, my mom put me in a lot of different activities, and basketball seemed to, to stick, and so we rolled with that. And correct me if I'm wrong, speedy point guard got you to Richmond. Mm-hmm. Who were some of the female influences that you had that kind of just taught you kind of like the values that you have right now? I would definitely say my grandmother, uh, first and foremost. My grandmother was a go-getter, uh, but she was always about her family. Uh, she, My mom really couldn't afford like childcare when I was younger, so I would spend a lot of time with my grandmother and she would you know, take me and pick me up from schools. And she would also take me around the city to visit uh, like older people that were sicker. Uh, so I just kind of got my my uh, type of service, like my dedication to just serving others from her. Um, and then I would say my mom, definitely, obviously, uh, my mom has seven sisters, so I have seven aunts. Uh, and so I'll, I learned from them as well. Um, and then I would say some of the women, you know, here in Monumental, definitely Sashia, um, Maria, obviously, um, Kathy, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of great women that, you know, help mold me into the leader that I am every day. I noticed today in practice, um, Mike's coaching, his staff's coaching, the players are playing. But I looked over at you on the baseline, and it's something that I haven't seen in my many years of covering teams where the general manager is really engaged. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not sitting in the stands or up in the office. Like, like you're not only are you engaged, but you're clapping up with the guys you're encouraging is that just kind of like a byproduct of just your personality like how are you as a general manager different than what many people would perceive that mm -hmm. job to be well I love basketball first and foremost like I'm in the trenches with the guys like I want them to know that they're not the only one making sacrifices and you know trying to get to the common goal we're all trying to get to obviously um but I just, it makes me happy. I'm passionate about it. I get into it. Like, if I could hop into the drill, I would do it. Like, um, and honestly, like, they just need that constant, you know, reinforcement, that constant um, encouragement. So I feel like that that's where I can fit in uh, in practice is my competitiveness is very contagious. Um, and if you saw the energy in our practice, like, it was a really good practice today. And the competitiveness, the, the energy, um, the guys like having fun playing basketball, that's the culture that we wanted to create. And I'm just glad that, you know, it, it turned out that way. There is that, that balance of being, there's the business side of it. You have to do your job, but also you're very compassionate. How, do, how have you found that balance so early in your career? Yeah, so honestly, I think the balance uh, comes from just being transparent. Um, like I think guys uh, are definitely more receptive um, to some of the hard decisions that you have to make if you're just transparent with them. Um, and I just kind of play on my playing experience. Like when I was a player, I wanted my coach to tell me what it was I needed to hear. Um, I didn't want any, you know, beat around the bush uh, type process. So I tried to do that because, you know, the players at the end of the day, they may not like what you have to say or the decision that you have to make in the moment. 
but they'll respect you more if you're just transparent with them from the jump. So I just try to take that approach and it's it's been good, you know, this year we've had to make some tough decisions obviously, but I would say that, you know, everybody that we've let go, um, I've al always committed to, you know, helping them, you know, find another opportunity elsewhere. Um, and so just keeping the relationship alive, and I think they, you know, appreciate that as well. Mike was telling me there was that tough decisions that you had to make in January, but he also said that you brought the group together and was like, listen, we're invested in you, but you have to understand this is the business of basketball, mm -hmm. but there's still that caring factor of we want to see you guys reach your ultimate goals. How was that received? Yeah, so we, uh, we waived a couple players in January, and... Um, I always want my team to hear news from me, not from social media or the internet. Um, so I pulled the group together and told them that, you know, we have to make tough decisions in this business, but always trust that I'm doing what's best for the team. Um, and so once I do that and, you know, they hear it from me and um, I was also accountable because, you know, sometimes I can't get to them before they find out. Um, so I told them that going forward, it will never be a situation like that. So I always try to take accountability, always try to be transparent, and they've been super, super receptive to it. Um, and that's kind of how, how I want to lead. I don't want any secrets. Uh, like, as soon as we make a move and it affects our team, I want to be the one to let them know. That's a part of being a leader, is embracing that. To get this opportunity, can you kind of describe, first of all, Tommy having the confidence in you to do the job and more importantly once you got the job the success in which you guys have had collectively as a team this season sure uh, so Tommy and I met uh, through Kevin Eastman uh, when I was trying to get over here from Sacramento um, and one thing about Tommy is he really notices the little things uh, and so when I was an intern I would always try to excel at the little things, the small details, get here early, uh, do other things that the other interns just may not be willing to do or know to do. Um, so I try to separate myself like that. Um, and then I've always been, you know, really solid at um, finding solutions. Uh, so and putting out fires like that's always been my thing um, is anticipating, you know, what can come good or bad. Um, and then not reacting to it, but already having a plan in place to, to figure it out. Um, and I think that over the years, just having that attitude, um, obviously him seeing my you know, passion and just you know, knowledge for basketball, um, and just seeing my ability to build relationships with you know, people of all type of backgrounds, I think um, really impressed him. I'm hoping that's <laughs> what it was. Um, and you know, thank God he just kind of gave me the opportunity um, to lead the team. As far as our, as our success, our success started kind of last year um, in the bubble with me and Mike uh, trying to come up with what our values would be if he was going to be named head coach. Um, and we just stayed consistent to that. Like the first half of the season was a little bit of a struggle. We had injuries. Um, a lot of guys, this was, this was new. Mm -hmm. it's, it's new. Um, and so we just kept preaching our culture, preaching uh, accountability, preaching growth, um, and you know a sense of urgency, and uh, the tables just turned for us. You know, late January went on a six-game run, and our guys have always been really close and cohesive, which is you know difficult at the G League level because you have everybody trying to you know get to the NBA. But 
our guys have been very, very, you know, cohesive. They love each other. They support each other. Um, and they just started figuring it out on the floor. Uh, they started, you know, cutting down on mistakes, um, started playing hard for each other. And honestly, that's just, you know, carried us through the second half of the season. And I'm you know, really proud of the guys. I'm proud of our coaching staff. They never wavered. Um, they kept pushing these guys. Um, we kept going back to the drawing board. And, you know, I had to make some decisions to get us some more talent. And that talent helped us and the guys embraced it. And we just were rolling. So. All right. I want to ask you about the first win of the season. Yeah. So Mike tells me they bring the, the drums out and that's kind of significant of victory. And you were the first one to do it. Yeah. You didn't want to do it, yeah. but you did it anyway. What, talk to me about the significance of that night, yeah. getting that first win, and, and you kind of banging the drums. Yeah, well, that, that first win, I was shook at halftime. We were down 20. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, God, I'm getting fired tomorrow. <laughs> it's like I trade the whole team. I don't know what we're going to do. And then, you know, we went in to halftime, and the guys were recommitted to the work that we had put in, and we came back out a different team. And that's been – the forefront of just everything that we're doing. Our, our motto is make lemonade. Mm-hmm. So when life gives us, us lemons, when we go through a COVID outbreak, when we lose a player to a season in, in the injury, when you know we can't shoot around or whatever, like make lemonade. And so the guys did that. And I'm thankful to Mike for you know giving me the drum. I wish it could have been all of us. You know, I wasn't out there playing, but yeah. having you know that opportunity to bang that drum was big. Um, because again, it just you know ingrained me into whatever the guys are trying to believe in. One and then two, it signified go-go culture, mm-hmm. um, and that's something that we want to do is like emerge within the community and give the community a team that you know they can can root for and be proud of. So during the game, you're working during the game, talking to agents, talking to the teams, whatever, mm-hmm. and you see a little girl in the stands. What's your message to her about what the possibilities are in 2022 for a woman? Yeah, um, she can be anything she wants to be. She can be me. She can be better than me. She can fly a plane. She can go to space. She can, you know, do whatever it is that she wants to do. Um, And I think that's important uh, not only to tell them that, but to show them by action. Um, It's crazy the amount of young women that come up to me kind of like starstruck like they're starstruck at me and I'm like I can't believe this like (laughs) I'm just little old Amber but you know I know the importance of seeing someone accomplish what it is that you want to do Tori Miller was that for me uh Allison Feaster there's a couple other swing cash like seeing it it just gives you like this sigh of relief where it's like oh like I can do it I can Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a matter of when. And so I'm, I'm thankful that I can be that for, you know, young women and, and other little girls. When you hear breaking the glass ceiling, what does that term mean to you? To me, it means, you know, literally just emerging as, you know, someone that can be themselves um, in a male-dominated kind of industry where, like, no one's, you know, seen that before um, and just kind of shaking it up a little bit but it also means that you know when there's one there's others coming Um, 
all we needed was, you know, just an opening. Mm-hmm. And the floodgates are open now, so I'm excited to see who comes after after me for sure. I think it's interesting. Shirley Chisholm has a great quote that I actually live by. It's like, if they don't have a seat for you at the table, bring a folding chair. Yeah. Um, and you just mentioned, you know, it starts with one bringing many along the way. How do you see this kind of unfolding? This league now just seems to be so open to the prospects mm-hmm. of a black female GM. How close are we to having a female be a head coach in the NBA? Is that kind of like the next evolution? Yeah, I, it's, it's hard to say. I think it's going to definitely start with the decision makers. Like, this wouldn't happen without Tommy, obviously, you know, being so willing. Um, so once you have, you know, very willing decision makers to put the best person in the job, um, then I think we'll definitely see that uh, at some point very soon. Um, it's crazy because, like, the players embrace black women. The staff embraces black women so, or, or women in general. So honestly, it's just the opportunity has to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think once it does, it just it'll it'll make it normal. Like, that's the that's kind of the, the tough part about being the first or being the second is that, you know, you're excited that you are, but you're also longing just for like this to be a sense of normalcy, you know, right. like, oh, it's like Amber, you know, got the job. Um, and it's just like, OK, like now she was more, supposed to. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And? Instead <laughs> of just like, oh, my God, Amber yeah. got the job. But, you know, I'm definitely grateful for my opportunity here. Um, for Monumental and all they've done, you know, for me. I started here as an intern, mm-hmm. you know, five years ago. And to see my growth and just how things have gone for me, I'm just so thankful. Like, I couldn't imagine doing anything else right now, so. Yeah, my final question for you is, and this is kind of a weird one to answer, but if no one ever met you, this is kind of like the first opportunity they would get to meet Amber. Like, how would you describe yourself to somebody? Uh, Very low maintenance, uh, laid back, very country, southern. I like, I like, I just, you know, I I love sitting on the porch or listening to music, eating really good food. Uh, I do have a sense of humor. Um, I like laughing. Uh, And I'm always very giving like I put everyone before myself that's how I am as a friend a family member a leader um, everything I do is for the next person to succeed um, and I kind of take pride in that Mike it's always good to talk to you I, I want to start asking you about Amber and the job that she has done in collaboration with you and the coaching staff with this year's group what's it been like uh, she's been wonderful. I mean, she's invested. She's deliberate. I mean, just her perspective is, is great. She's been in a lot of different basketball jobs from ticket sales to being an intern to now being in the front office to scouting. Like She's done so much. So her perspective is really, really valuable. And she just brings a different element to our group. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just her, like, when, when she wants to do something, she, she just goes and does it. And, and it's really helpful for us because she gives us clear direction. Right. She's steering the ship for where the go-go are going. And under her leadership, we've done some really tremendous things this season. You know, they say age ain't nothing but a number. Right. And when I look at her and to see the accomplishments and the things that you just mentioned of what she's done so far on her journey, it's really telling to see how much she's been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. 
Yeah, she, I mean, she's like, the funny thing is, she gets all the things that we experience, right? She's into the same music, the same sneakers, the same shows. So she relates on so many different levels to us. We're all in our 20s and she's like, oh, she's in her 20s too. And so it's, it's, no, it's no different. Um, but then once you get past the age, she's wise, right? She, she has so much experience. She's seen so many things. So when we're experiencing different situations, whether it's me or players or trainers, she's seen it. And so she knows how to navigate all these situations and her experiences, you know, it, it really helps us a lot. Can you describe a situation where she could use kind of like understanding the group in terms of age and also the business side of it where she has to be like, I have to put my foot down. This is a business mm-hmm. decision where it just worked in concert together. Yeah. And I think earlier in the season, maybe around January, late January, early February, we had to, we had to wave a couple of players. And, you know, right after the move, she gathered the whole team around and she explained it very clearly, like, we made this move to help our team get better. Um, But in the same breath, you guys have to understand that you guys have a great opportunity here that you have to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. And she said it almost, it wasn't like a dictator. It was almost like a big sister, like really looking out for your well-being while also being deliberate with the message, like, hey, we had to make some moves and we waved some of your friends, quite honestly. Right. But. In doing that, just know that we still believe in all of you, right? We had to do that for the betterment of the team. It doesn't mean that I think less of you or different of you as a person. Um, so just to be able to navigate that situation very fluidly and seamlessly, it was a cool thing to see um, of her leadership. Being in practice today, kind of just watching, obviously, how you get down and, 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 and coaching the group, I found myself looking over at Amber also, and it wasn't like a GM-type vibe with her. It was almost like... She really was encouraging players, really clapping, and was really engaged in the practice, probably different than my perception of what a GM kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. W- what does that do for the group and the coaching staff when your GM is really that invested even, a pra- even in a practice? It's great that our guys hear her voice. Right? They know that she cares. They know that she's invested. And when we were, when we were preparing for the season, Amber and I, she always said, I'm, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be invested. They're going to know that I, I care about these guys. And, and so for her to speak up in practice and for them to hear, for them to hear her, you know, it gives those guys an extra boost, right? There's a lot of GMs, like you said, who are kind of just standoffish. They don't really want to participate and be invested in like that. But she's put her heart into it. And, and the guys feel that. And so it makes them play that much harder. They're that much more receptive to what she's saying, what she's trying to get them to do. Because at the end of the day, they know she has their best interest at heart, right? She's trying to help them get to where they want to be, which obviously is the NBA for, for all these guys. And they know that and they feel that. And, and it just boosts us up that much more. So I noticed when you guys win a game, y'all bang the drum. Mm-hmm. Has, did she do that the first game? Like, has she done it yet? She did it, she did it the very first game. And mm-hmm. she didn't want to, but I said, <laughs> I said, Amber, I told her before, if we win this game, you're getting to beat it tonight. She's like, no, 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 no. So we're, on the, we're all in the locker room. They're pouring water on us. I said, beat it tonight. First of all, Amber, she's banging the drum. She's, yeah. she's all into it. <laughs> It was, it was really cool. How would you describe working with a friend in that capacity where it's kind of like boss, but you guys have had a relationship as friends before that? Yeah, it's, it makes my job a lot easier, honestly. And there's no, there's no hesitation when I need to ask a question or we have to have a tough conversation. Mm-hmm. We know at the end of the day what our intentions are, right? We know that we care for each other as friends and that kind of underlies know everything and so when there's a tough conversation or we disagree or something like that it's never personal at the end of the day we all know that we're trying to we both know that we're trying to 
trade what's best for the team, right? Mm -hmm. and what's best for the go-go, and then ultimately what's best for the Wizards. And, and so when we have those conversations, it makes it a little bit easier. And then also, you know, it makes the good times that much more fun. Or like yeah. you're creating a memory with your friend, an experience with your friend that you'll remember for the rest of your life, for the rest of your career. I want to ask you finally, if somebody on the street had heard about Amber, but they didn't know her, and they said, hey, Mike, what's Amber like? How would you describe her to somebody that didn't know her? I mean, the first word that comes to mind is genuine, right? Like what you see is what you get. And, and she's caring, deeply caring about everybody. Um, but then also like she's sharp. And when you watch her, and just the way she carries herself and the way she works, the way she puts together her reports, like she knows exactly what she's talking about. There's no female this, this, that, like she's a GM. Like she knows exactly what she's doing and she's really good at it. <laughs> like really, really, really good at it. And, and so I was just, all those words, there's so many more adjectives I could use, but all those words I think really describe her just genuine, deliberate, sharp, like she, she's, she's for real. Truly breaking the glass ceiling in multiple fronts being a young black woman in a dominant male industry. How do you see her kind of like navigating that? She does it really well. I mean, a lot of times you don't even think about black female GM, you just think GM, like she's doing her job. Um, now obviously it's something that, you know, she has to personally contest with every day, right? And quite honestly, most of us can't understand that because we're not women, um, but you would never know. Right, she she stays cool. She never lets anybody see her sweat, and she she stays cool and even and calm, and she she just goes about her business and does her job, and that steadiness really helps our team. It helps our organization. <laughs>